this up, internet. They sit there and they use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. And I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college for a semester and I studied psychology, so I'm right in there. I know what's going on. And then they sit there and they make your children feel like garbage. And you, the father who's working 24-7 delivering mail so you can make an alimony payment to a woman that slept with everybody at the post office but you. And then when you get to the toy, it breaks and you can't fix it because the plastic's all a little cheap. My name is Matthew Kroll. Put the cookie down. <laughs> I just, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm, I'm in stunned silence. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only <laughs> podcast about not, movies. We're not doing a retake of that. That is, no, that, that, is, that, is, that, is it. is that is what I got because we're not doing that again. This is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Jingle All the Way. Merry Christmas, Matt. Happy Hanukkah, uh, Merry Kwanzaa, or Happy Hollandaz, as uh, most people would <laughs> no, like no, to say. No, no, Donald Trump has said that it's okay to say Merry Christmas. Now, the war on Christmas is over. It is? We won. Who won? I, uh, I the, don't know. The, oh, oh, uh, yeah. The people The won. people. The people won. Well, we are back. We are, we're doing it for another year. We made it to another Christmas. This is reason to celebrate. I still have a terrible voice. Apologies to listeners. I'm just coming down, I think, with what you had. Uh, well, you shouldn't be making out with me during the podcast. Well, I should have more tea. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go further with that, but no, that's nope, fine. Just that's cutting fine. that off. Just, just cutting Cut it off in the legs yeah, so it can't walk anywhere. In the bud, right? There. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I get you. Uh, I so I'm gonna go with something nipping. So but. this is Christmas here, and what have you done? What have I done to deserve this wondrous uh, holiday tradition? I mean, the best holiday tradition. My my only holiday tradition, and uh, what my what my favorite by far Christmas movie of all time. Jingle all the way is your favorite Christmas. Jingle movie. all the way. Wait, how old for, were you when you saw Jingle all the way? Uh, I came out in what 94? Right, so two years after Terminator uh, Two. Two years, uh, no, three. Uh, it's ninety-one. Oh, I thought um, Terminator Two was ninety-two. Negative. Uh, so uh, it was the tail end, or it was the summer of ninety-one. Oh, you uh, know I'm googling this shit right now. It. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I was what 13, 14? something like that. Okay. Uh, my, and this is your favorite. This is my favorite Christmas movie for reasons I will go into <laughs> as we move on. For reasons unknown. Did you find it? Did you find what Terminator 2 was? Uh, Terminator 2 is 91. Thank you very much. There you go. Merry and Christmas to me. And Wait, uh, what's your, here's a question, Shahir. What's your favorite Christmas movie? I, see, this is a, it's an interesting question. I, I don't know if I have like a favorite, my favorite Christmas tradition is sitting down to watch movies. Sure. So it doesn't matter. But it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. It doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. I've watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with my family on Christmas Day. You know, that explains a lot. (laughs) That explains a lot. And yeah, it was was an uncomfortable movie movie experience. I would probably say, though every year it gets harder and harder to watch this, um, I do love It's a Wonderful Life because... I, I started watching It's a Wonderful Life much later in life. I didn't watch sure. it as a kid. It wasn't on TV. It was something I discovered later. I, and same. I don't know how I would have reacted to it as a, as a kid. Right. Because it's, and the thing that makes it harder to watch is I really, I love it. I love, uh, I'm a big Frank Capra fan. I love uh, that Mr. Smith goes to watch sure. um, most of Frank, Frank Capra's stuff. What I would say though is every year that I watch It's a Wonderful Life, I go, I, there's a moment where I'm like, this is a long ass movie. Yeah. You know, like it takes yeah. a while before like Frank Bailey is like talking to the, you know, to like the, gu- the angel that might, you know, that's, that's going to show him how he might live. So I do love it's a wonderful life and right. I do own it on Blu-ray yeah. and I do try nice. to watch it. Um, I would say though, it's not my favorite Christmas movie. It's a movie that I think is just excellent. And I, it, there's a good tradition to watch it. Sure. 
I love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Also I, wonderful. I, I love that movie kind of, that, that is like a, that movie's a pure joy to me and I just enjoy watching it. Shout out to my old roommate, Joe, who used to watch it every Christmas Eve and if we were around, he'd make us watch it and it was, that was a lovely tradition too. It wasn't mine, yeah. but uh, I loved it all the same. I, I, w- I, I would just watch it. You know, like, I could watch that movie any time of the day. Well, what is it, what is it about Christmas movies in general. So we had this conversation on Di- uh, when we talked about Die Hard last year. Which yeah. Was, which was, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, no, that's not quite the same conversation. I'm sorry. Did I, I might have set it up poorly. Well, no, no, no. I, I think we're going to get to this. But 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 because because the what was circling around the conversation around Die Hard was, is it a Christmas movie or does it just take place on Christmas? And those are two different things. Sure. But, but I, what I'm saying yeah. is, what is it about... Christmas movies, whether or not Die Hard is or is not, we know where we all stand due to last year's. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the th- there's something about Christmas films or holiday time films yeah. that I feel like there's there's um almost like it's training wheels for your brain because you it, culturally, at least where I stand. I understand sort of the rules of Christmas movies and it's easier and and I forgive more when it's a, when it's a holiday film uh, as opposed to say, if it was just taking place any old time, there's, there's a, there's a, 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 a untangible magic or something that like cinema lies to you. Anyway, it's just lying to you in the dark for money. That's what, that's what acting and cinema is. Right. Uh, But there's something a little bit extra, a little bit more magical about the lies for holiday films. And I don't know why that is. Is that cultural sort of like, uh, is that in me conditioned? No. And I think that that's why I mentioned the diehard episode, because I think, you know, Christmas movies are to me are about the spirit of Christmas, the, this, 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 this idea for one day we forget our different, you know, Snoopy's Christmas kind of thing. It's like for one day, the Baron and Snoopy sit down and say, you know, we're not going to fight today. We're not going to have this, uh, you know, the, the, the normality of our lives are going to go away for this one day and we're just going to be good people for right. one day. And I think that to me is the spirit of what Christmas is. And that's what the spirit of Christmas movies should be. That's not to say movies can't take place on Christmas, but, but, but I think that's, that's why, like, that's like the spirit of Christmas is well and truly evident in, uh, it's a wonderful life. It's well yes. and truly evident in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, even despite the fact that that is kind of a, a raunchy comedy. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably well and truly evident in a movie called Elf, which I haven't seen. Oh, wow. Uh, you, the, and, uh, overrated. I like Elf, right. but people go nuts for it. And I'm I, like, okay. I think those early Will Ferrell comedies, people really go nuts for And I'm like, eh, like, I'm not a huge sure. anchorman. No, no, I mean, I loved, I loved, um, what was the frat one uh, uh old school yeah i yeah. loved old school right 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 um so well i would argue yeah that jingle all the way is the most true to the christmas spirit out of any christmas film i don't think that's true i think the most true to the spirit of christmas would have to be one of the Star Wars movies that we haven't reviewed, Star Wars A Christmas Special. And I only wanted to bring that up because this was a perfect segue to talk about last week. So week's you don't movie. believe it. <laughs> I have not watched the Star Wars Christmas Special in a long time. We should do that. We should do that. There's a lot of Ewoks in that mo- in, the, in the Christmas don't Special. Don't they go to Kashyyyk? Don't they go to the Wookiee planet? The Wookiee planet, right? Yeah. Che- and it's Chewba- you see Chewbacca's family. Yeah. And he's, Chewbacca's got like a shitty kid. 
I right? don't remember. <laughs> Again, it's been so long. Write us in. Let us know how shitty Chewbacca's kid is at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us at OnlyMoviePod on Twitter if you want to give us any more tidbits about the Star Wars Christmas movie or whatever your favorite holiday films are, be, uh, be it any holiday that you choose around this season. And uh, yeah, you can reach us all there. And uh, oh, iTunes. Please, 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 please leave us the gift <laughs> of an iTunes review. The reason I brought up Star Wars is that uh, we, we reviewed a little movie last week called uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, Are you mispronouncing and, names again? People no, don't like that on Twitter. <laughs> no, people don't like a lot of things on Twitter, as it turns out, and The Last Jedi is one of them. Oh, yeah. But also people equally love and hate The Last so Jedi. So divisive. I feel like we were fairly middle ground. We were, and I, I just got to say, I've read... I, I don't need to read another think piece about Star Wars and the role of consumerism. My, my, you know, like, uh, I, I think uh, what we saw last week is perfectly accept acceptable as a Star Wars movie, but not that great a movie. And, and, and I just don't, you know, and I was thinking about it today is like, we've done nine Star Wars movies yeah. on this podcast. Two of them have been good, I would say. And that is a pretty low batting average for a franchise. I would I would argue that yeah, I know you more, would like uh, yeah. yeah you would like more than but I I I would say two for me two have been pretty good uh, one has been okay uh, and and that's kind of and the rest I could I could uh, be neither here nor there sure and I disagree but let's not go into what our sort of opinions are you can go back and listen to the Star Wars episode for that what we wanted to do is get yes. into your opinions about Star Wars yes. which you have a lot on let's, as a, as inter, the internet has some an opinion on Star Wars I know I know so people uh, uh, but again we love uh, that you were writing us in about your uh, Star it's, Wars it's opinion. super fun thank you uh, thank you and I, I know that I might have been a little short on Twitter with some of my responses well, it's only 144 characters no, well no it's 280 now but also I was oh, shit. Uh, I, I just I here's the thing uh, I am Star Wars a, a bastard I am a bastard uh, Star Wars was one of three films I saw last week and it was the least memorable for me the least I want to talk the least I care about the least I want to yeah, talk about yeah but now you're remembering right quick thanks uh, internet well that was the thing people were reminding me of stuff that happened in the movie and I had nothing to go back and I was like yeah that happened it, it's it's a thing I, I guess maybe that let's makes get into some let's get okay. into some alright so Jonathan Blade on Twitter ooh that's right. a fucking badass name Great. Jonathan Blade uh, wrote in quickly that that uh, something definitely changes in the status quo of this movie, Agreed. only movie podcast. That's something I disagree with, which I don't think a lot changes in this movie. Thank Enough you. for me to care about. A lot does. Um, Jonathan writes in response to Bob Chipman, who's been on the show, by the way. Yep. Uh, in my Bob. opinion, the very ending scene is about the functional socialization of the Force. It's a natural resource that the Jedi has cornered the market on, and the burning of the tree represented the opening of the market to the masses. That This is in keeping with the overall tone of the film. Um, I just realized we should have, we should have said spoilers for Star Wars. I'm I'm presuming most of you have seen it at this point, but that's a, such a minor thing. I'm sorry about that, too, listeners. But at the same time, you literally just said the burning of the tree. That could mean anything. Yeah, a tree burns down uh, in Ray's. I mean, apartment. have you seen California? <laughs> Oh yeah, they're, 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 I mean it happens all the time. Yeah, they they just cut to like a B roll shot. They they got that B roll. That's so sad. If, if, if we have any listeners in California, I hope you're all okay. That's fucking awful and terrifying, yes. and uh, we wish you all the best. And not to be made fun of as I just did. <laughs> yeah, we're we're assholes. But. Um, but I think you know uh, Jonathan's point was the is the ending of the Last Jedi suggests that the Force has been opened up to a whole lot of things. Um, in my opinion. 
I still, I don't care because a lot, to me, the opening up of the force is almost incidental to everything that happens in the movie. Oh, disagree. I know you do, but I don't care. Um, and the other thing is, is, um, it, it, I, and this was just a minor note for me. Uh, the shot of the last kid who like may display some force like powers. I was like, does it really have to be the blonde white kid? Do we really have to do that kid? If we're going to suggest that the force is opened up to everyone, that is a, that is the, that is one of the few criticisms you have weighed onto this film that I a hundred percent agree with. Uh, like, do we just, do we need to do, you know, like Luke Skywalker. And now this kid is your point of saying that's opened up to everyone. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, uh, Ivan Kanda, who's friend of the show and host the reviewed podcast. Ivan. Uh, what up Ivan? I was going to write a really long blog post on why the last Jedi is so mediocre, but you hear dad on the only movie podcast did it for me in podcast form then he retweeted our tweet uh he and i had a long back and forth about how uh generally disappointed we were with the movie but look, again, at, look I, at you two loving the smell of your own farts just going back and forth and yeah. back and forth back and taking and forth. big whiffs <laughs> oh. <laughs> here's the thing i wasn't disappointed with the film because my expectations were low i just i don't care um <laughs> I loved uh, IH4N on Twitter who called me out for calling him Han Solo. It took me the longest time. To, I was like, that's his name, isn't it? That's his name. Isn't it Han Solo? How many Hans are there? Uh, as many, how many Hans does it take to change a light bulb? I mean, just, as long as Guido one. shoots first, I don't know who cares. And yeah. Well, uh, canonically he shoots at the same time. I don't um, agree, but yeah. I also wanted to point out that cause I, I listened to the podcast and I, I was like, I also referred to Jake Tapper as Jake Lloyd when I was meeting Jake Lloyd, Jake Tapper is of course the host, an anchor on CNN. Uh, and I'm, I, oh, yeah. I, 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 I commented that way I'm to catch it before Twitter did. Yeah. I'm guessing that it's not the first time that uh, those two have been confused pod racing. H eight. What was his name? H one. What was it? Uh, IH4N. I, I, I believe uh, IH4N is a she. I'll have to check this ah. again, but I believe she well, they, or he. They. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm getting this wrong. I was going to say they'd requested a movie from us before. Uh, no, either way, either they, way. I, 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 all the letters and numbers, I appreciate uh, <laughs> calling me out, calling out Shahir hundred percent. You make my job easier. However, I do have to uh, throw a flag on the play uh, with the old nerd card. And uh, out of all the things you could have disagreed with Shahir about, that's, that one's the, the, the least important. <laughs> um, and also he had a cold, he had a cold. We got to forgive him. He keeps probably sounding like the entire time. It's full of phlegm. Um, that's um, that's funny though. I love it when people call up my fucking like random like t small shit, and I'm like, God damn it! I know. It was, I mean, again, I don't care. Um, I think you do. Uh, Tom on Facebook uh, wrote a really uh, long, and we had a couple of back and forths with Tom. Um, uh, lovely message. He said he basically says I liked it, didn't love it, but I was pleased with, pleased with many of the decisions the film made. Nihilism seemed to be the theme for this episode. No one gets what they want, be that glory, validation, or purpose. And this is where I sort of went, mm -hmm. maybe I'm taking, I'm giving the film too much credit, but I think this theme is intentionally carried through to the meta level for the audience in denying us a backstory for Snoke or Ray that ties into the wider mythos. They're making the audience feel what the characters are feeling that maybe there is no destiny, no plan that all of this is ultimately pointless. My hope is that they're pulling us uh, low for a payoff in the third installment of the trilogy. 
It's a clever move if this is the plan, but of course that still leaves us with a film that's tough to love. A bleak film, but by no means equals a bad film, though I'm not sure what the average Star Wars fan is after. Uh, I agreed with that less and less as it went. He he also says the whole casino planet section was trash. (laughs) Um, I I responded to to Tom with, that is a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. But also, if it's a... uh, None of that rings true to me because if you're saying basically the meta level is we're going to make this movie unsatisfying in order to pay off in a third movie without letting you know that that is the, the meta level. Then I think that is like, that's, that's, that's the worst burglary. That's the worst heist you've ever pulled. Sure. I agree with that. I think uh, the premises that he's setting up, I think are true and correct. And by that, I mean, uh, you know, denying backstory is, is, is a, intentional no 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 you don't think that's no no that's the point i disagree with uh the denying backstory and everything like that that's either sloppy filmmaking or it's just stuff that the filmmaker no longer cares about i mean to think about it when the three original trilogy came out we didn't know who the hell the emperor was he was just the emperor and did anyone really want to know where he came from hell we don't really know where he came from we just know he was a senator before um and snoke it literally has the same amount of backstory as the emperor now could they have said like oh snoke took power he's a sith yeah they could have given us the two lines of dialogue to clarify. I don't give a shit because Snoke never, I never even liked him when he was a giant 40 foot hologram. What I do agree with uh, is the idea that uh, that the movie is by circumventing expectations of what Star Wars fans think a Star Wars film could be. It's doing that through circumventing expectations from characters. So Poe keeps doing these random acts of heroism, but rather than get rewarded for it, he keeps getting called out about he's fucking everything up and people are dying because of him. <laughs> Finn's about to jump ship and then it gets taken on a wild goose chase to sort of maybe save them or get away or whatever. Don't and- do any spoilers. Don't give him any spoilers. We already said there's spoilers. I know, but just listen. listen and Ray, all Ray's all of Ray's stuff. Uh, you know, she's learning uh, things about herself that maybe she's not uh, a special Vundikin um, uh, that uh, that she thought she was. So I think all of that is it's it's important because I mean, here's the deal: Star Wars fans, myself included. This is not ours anymore, right? Uh, this is this is the next generation. These are kids that are going to be growing up knowing these heroes as a, no no ten year old or I should say most ten year olds don't give a fuck about Luke Skywalker. If you're a ten year old listening to this podcast, please don't repeat what Matt. No, said. don't give a flying fudge. Um, so so there's there's truth and and um, truth and lies. Truth and lies. I would just say I agree and disagree with the comments, but I enjoy reading them and I like I like I like the discourse. I like the discourse. I would just say again, uh, the, the, and we talked about this on the Thor Ragnarok episode. These movies occupy such a cultural a cultural. They they hold such. Um, such a major spot in our cultural conversation. Yet to me, they almost have the least amount to say and the least that is relevant to us. And, and again, in my case, particularly, it was the least memorable thing I saw last week. Uh, and, and I'm, I just, I find what, look again, I love that people are writing us in. I love that people get excited about Star Wars, but this is the most, you know, we've had the most conversations we've had all year, probably about Star Wars. And, and it's the, it's, it's a film that's, I I doubt it's going to appear on your top 10. Maybe it is. It's definitely not going to appear in my top 10. Um it's it's not a film that I think is it's it's not going to appear in my top. You know, it's not it's not going it it doesn't make an imprint for me at all and it doesn't make an imprint. I I don't think in the long run it's going to make an imprint 
at all. And and it's like it's just frustrating to me that and all you, we have is you is had yeah I, I think pieces about this fucking movie. You had me until you don't think it's going to make an imprint at all. I just can't agree with that at all. I I mean I agree that it didn't have an imprint for you. Yeah. Um. Uh. I you know I just think it is uh, a different movie doing something different, and it made something very divisive, and that makes internet culture, aka the n- nerd mm-hmm. culture that sort of I'm embroiled in, and and that we were sort of discussing, that brings it up. And and I mean whenever you have something that's crazy important to a large group of people that's doing something I do think different and I also do think valid again to my opinions uh, it's gonna cause some talk back and I, I I enjoy the discourse I think Star Wars it's interesting because it'll be harder to continually have these conversations as we get a new one every year and it no longer is as we were saying before a special event or something that like seems like it's having a little bit of magic to it right um yeah. So, uh, but I will say this. I was that all the emails. Uh, that's everything again. Reddison at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or yep. hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod to continue that conversation. Thank which you so I much. Don't want to continue. No, no. Keep it going. Keep talking about Star Wars <laughs> and, forever and forever. Here's the thing: if you write us in, I will respond. You will just be angering me, which I know is fun to do. Well, yeah, it is. Trust me. I take it for me. The originator of this entire uh, <laughs> pissing she off. Uh, no, but Star Wars was a great movie going experience for me. We had a lovely time in the morning um, where we went and got coffee and it was it was lovely for me. However, uh, Shahir, before we get into the greatest uh, Christmas movie of all time. OK, uh, I j- actually just got out of seeing another film. Yeah. Uh, the Shape of Water. Ah, the shape um, of water. I, I have not seen it yet, but I have heard excellent. Things. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Might be my favorite. Uh Del Toro uh, film. Okay. Uh, so Benicio we'll, Del Toro? Yeah. Have what you, did I say? No, no you haven't had read the Rick's Reed review on the Observer? No. Uh, quick, quick shout out. Rick's Reed, the old uh, reviewer for the, and I say old pejoratively, he is a very old man. He wrote a very negative review of The Shape of Water and he, and he referenced the director as Benicio Del Toro while lambasting the film and clearly getting every detail wrong. Wow. It is, no, uh, I meant Guillermo. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I know that. I was joking. So um, apologies. That's okay. But Shahir. Yeah. Whole, so the movie's great. Everyone, I think, should see it. I think it's worth your money. Real quick review. Uh, the the movie going experience was one of the best slash worst I've ever had. <laughs> Lincoln Center Theaters. Lincoln or, Center. Or, I'm sorry, the AMC Lincoln Square. Sorry. Okay, so decent, reputable, big. They've got the one of the few true IMAXs in yep. uh, North uh, America. This was not in in that theater, but okay. it, you know it's fine. But it's a it's a nice theater. Yep. I go there. I yeah, it's a, it's a theater of preference. Uh, so we get there. We're sitting down. Me and my friend Katie. And uh, we're hearing a bit of a commotion, like maybe four rows up. Okay. And the trailers had just started. You didn't have your headphones in. No. <laughs> you know, See, I just this would I have all been avoided if you just had your headphones in. <laughs> uh, no, I would have hated to miss this. So a woman uh, is is talking quite loudly to another woman. One woman is standing, the other woman is sitting, and it comes to light that um, the woman who is sitting is in the woman who's standing seat. Okay. Um, and it goes back and forth for a while and it gets really loud. And, you know, these conversations I love personally, I've gotten in discussions <laughs> with, uh, Jamie and with a couple other people who both like and dislike assigned seating at theaters. Yeah. I really like it because I'm it allows fan. you yeah. to, uh, show up whenever you'd like basically. Yeah. Um, but this woman who <laughs> did not this have the woman. seat yeah. that she was sitting in would not move right she wasn't she wasn't familiar with the 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 seating arrangement well well she was yelling about how uh it's fine because the woman who was trying to sit in the seat that she purchased was late okay Uh, defeating the purpose defeating the purpose of assigned seating altogether uh and eventually it got so heated Mm -hmm. that the entire theater 
turned on this sitting woman, on the woman who's in the wrong seat. Yeah. And she got up. She didn't get up forever. Like the, the, a manager came out. She wouldn't get out of her seat. The movie's already starting at this point. This has gone through like three oh, trailers. The movie started. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, they stopped the movie. They stop it. They stop the movie. because oh, wow. And they bring up the lights. The woman would not get out of the seat. And she starts yelling how this is art and you shouldn't be late to art and how she's an artist and she hates everyone. And it comes to very much light that she is not from the United States. She, I think, is a tourist. Okay. Um, And the woman... Uh, who 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 was trying to get her seat wasn't like tr- being rude, but she was being forceful. Like yeah, I bought, I paid for this. This is seat. where yeah, and like it's funny because the woman, <laughs> the woman who was sitting, uh, in the wrong seats, husband was in the third row in the front where they probably should have been, along with their mother. Uh, the sister of the woman was in another wrong seat closer uh and the the husband and i guess another friend of the woman who owned the seat rightfully was standing to the sides all just watching this oh, happen the men were just like you know what you guys got this but everyone turned on the sitting wrong seat woman yeah. and it was this weird level of communal justice until <laughs> oh boy it started just turning into like name calling. We have like four AMC people in there. And actually the, the women who were in the wrong seats did start the name calling. They called ev- uh, everyone in the, uh, the theater fucking idiots. Okay. Uh, did it get, did it get, um, did it get racial or no, nasty? That's or, the interesting or, part. Or personal in a, in a sort of like demographic kind of way. No. So, like, so, uh, I couldn't identify the woman's accent who was the tourist. Uh, okay. It was definitely, I, I want to say somewhere in South America. Okay. Uh, and the woman who uh, uh, was, I mean, this doesn't, I wouldn't have even brought this up had you not. Uh, yeah. I just wonder about like these sorts of the, things. Uh, well, the woman who based themselves to that. Yeah. Label, yeah the woman know. who was, um, who who bought the seat and it was clearly her seat was Indian. Okay. Along with oh, her family as people. well. I was so proud why, of your people this to say is, this is why you because this woman and she kept turning the woman who bought the seat and she's like everyone I'm so sorry I'm just this is this is my like I'm I don't want to interrupt anyone's experience but th- if this woman would just move to where she the you know and everyone like literally to the point because you could tell that the woman who owned the seat was getting like upset that she was ruining the movie for people yeah. we all like rallied against her like no you're totally right get your fucking seat yeah uh eventually after like basically five or six AMC people had to like rally these people out and then they were going to try to sit them in the regular seats. Then they started yelling at the AMC people and like, but what happened was the crowd turned from helpful to just egging these people on. So they're out of the seats and the people who bought the seats are now sitting, but the other right. people are on the sidelines arguing with the AMC people. Right. And and the, the the crowd turns from like the cheers of the woman actually getting the seat she paid for to just nasty like and again, I don't there was never anything racial that I heard, it's which not was racial. I guess I guess the thing that I would uh, expect in that scenario is that when people get really, really frustrated, they tend to turn uh um, they tend to objectify the person down to a base level. Oh, they do. And and the, and the crowd did. They kept being like, get out of here, you fucking clown. Yeah. Like, they're just doing shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And and after a while, all it was doing was egging this family who was being, uh, who was in the wrong, yeah. egging them on to just yell back and forth. And after a while, I'm just like, Wait, if ever- the whole family, I, I was expecting they to happen all- here is like the mother would be abandoned. Nope. Like the, the mother, the mother and like- the dad went over and just were talking quietly to the AMC person. The, the woman and her sister went over there and were having a screaming match with the entire theater. Right. By the way, everyone's cell phones other than mine yeah. were out and recording. I know. This. I was going to say, I bet you right now, if you Google Lincoln square, uh, uh, shape, shape of water, water screening sh- 745. Yeah. Shape of water screening. Uh, it, and it just, and, and at the end of it, 
everyone cheered and they walked out. We heard them yelling in the lobby for a while. And then after the film, which again was lovely once they restarted it, my friend Katie ran into the woman whose seat oh was rightfully boy. was rightfully hers yeah, yeah. in the bathroom. And I'm so glad she did. I wanted to shake this woman's hand, but Katie was like, you did, you did amazing. And apparently all the women in the bathroom are like, yes, like you are, you are the best. And like, they all gave her like a nice sort of like, which it's, I feel it, like was a, uh, was turning a frown upside down. It's it's true. It's good. Like I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. Like how oh. ba- how bad was the was it a full house? It's kind of yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, so how bad would it have been? The the family of the woman who was in the wrong seat was like third or second row, which is where they probably bought their tickets, and they didn't want to be there. Right, right. So and, they spread out. Right, and they during just, the trailers. Again, they might not know. This is the thing. If you're not from here and you don't have assigned seating or whatever, and you treat the movies in your country like actual like opera or or other sort of like high end art. I get the idea that like, oh, like, well, if they're not here, then maybe, you know, it's they're late and these seats are up for grabs. But the second like one person or two people or whatever sort of uh, it's like start saying like, no, no, sorry. Like and everyone was polite at first. Did and, and the but they just didn't move. My, my question here is this. And I know we got to move on from this, but I know, I'm, but I'm it's so, so interesting. I'm so fascinated by this story is did the woman who had purchased the ticket produce uh, empirical evidence yes, that she, she was holding it. up her phone with the, you could see the barcode and everything else. She showed the AMC person. Uh, I was shocked how, just, uh, how little the AMC person did. Right. They, were, they were all just sort of standing there waiting, like as if the guilting this woman had, was going to work. And it was not. I will say this about being in America from New Zealand in that scenario. I am a little fearful of the American, um, what's the word for it? Ability to pull out a gun is the word for it. I don't think that'll happen. That, in, I know. I understand wouldn't that. Happen, but, it, but like, that's the kind of thing that only happens in America. It doesn't happen in other places in the world. This woman who was stealing the seat was not afraid of that. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, I, I'm just saying. I now, understand. Yeah. You know, like the, 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 the thing about being in America is like, you know, you, I've been in situations where like I've had to escalate and, and escalating in America is one of those ones where I'm always a little, just a little cautious because it's not because of Americans, but because gun culture is such a different thing. A hundred percent. But this woman, it's, she was not thinking she got up twice and then sat down again. Like right. it was like, I, it, I just love the idea that there was empirical evidence provided to her and she still stood by st- stuck to her guns in the face of being objectively wrong. And her, her reasoning was because the woman who bought the seat was late. How late was she? She wasn't. It was the trailers. Right. But I don't know. It, I've had a woman call me out for listening to, you know, you called me out about listening to a podcast yeah. during the, the trailers as well. And I was like, well, these are the trailers. We don't care about these. They're, they're, des- they're, they're, they're the purposes for you people to be able to walk in while these are playing. The lights sure. aren't down yet. Yeah. Uh, but some people do care about trailers. I will give them yeah, that. Yeah, but I guess, but so. I guess some people <laughs> care enough about trailers to not want to disrupt the film going experience by having to move the seat that they rightfully did not purchase. Yeah, I don't know. There, there was a, there was a whole lot wrong with some of the people in that scenario, but I'm very glad that the woman who paid for her seat got her seat. <laughs> and, um, I was part of the mob until the mob turned stupid. And then I was just like, just let's just move on. Uh, so that was my experience. And it was so interesting. I hadn't had one of those in a long time. Yeah. That's a real, that's a real deal theater experience that you're not going to get 
watching The Shape of Water at home. No. On, uh, no, on you will not. Uh, also, uh, let me just, uh, spoiler, uh, no, I won't do it. No, don't do it, because I, I, <laughs> I'm eager to see The Shape of Water. I'm right. a uh, fan of uh, Benicio Del Toro. But let me say this. <laughs> if you've had interesting film uh, theater experiences akin to mine, or maybe you've seen uh, even like a really nice moment in a theater, uh, write us in, onlymoviepodcast.gmail.com. Let us know, because I'm now I'm going to be hunting for not only this footage, yeah. but also the uh, other stories like this tomorrow will be the majority of my day. I'm curious. I, I don't know if I've ever experienced a nice moment in the theater that did, that had to do with people. That'd be great to hear if yeah. you got one of those. But speaking of nice moments, how about all of the minutes of watching Jingle All the Way? How about those minutes? How many are there, man? Uh, there, uh, there's probably a bunch. I'm going like, to look at I'm, them right I'm now. Gonna, I'm going to guess a solid 93. You think it's 93? I'm going to go 93. Okay, what are we let's at? see. What are we We're going to go. We should, should we do this wager every Drum episode? roll, please. Is it 93? Wait, 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 you gotta pick an upper and or under. What, you gotta pick a number. We I already saw it. I already saw it. Uh, well, 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 how was I? Uh, one hour, 29 minutes. It's not even feature like. One hour, 29 minutes. Oh, what isn't it? I thought it was. 93, that's 90. One hour, 29 is 89 oh, minutes. 89 minutes. I thought it was supposed to be 90 minutes. No, no, no. A feature film, according to the Academy, is anything over 75 minutes. Oh, shit. Well, then it makes it. Directed by Brian Levant. And coming, uh, this is in the wake of Home Alone. I'm guessing this is well after Home Alone. This is so, after Home Alone, yeah. Yeah, this is well after Home Alone. Still, this is. Okay, you know, you. Tell me what, what Jingle All the Way is about and tell me why you love it. I'm well, gonna, I'm the, IMD, the IMDb description of Jingle All the Way is a father vows to get his son a Turbo Man action figure for Christmas. However, every store is sold out of them and he must travel all over town and compete with everybody else in order to find one. Right. He jingled all the way. He jingled all the way. I, this is that one thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger that I love. Um, that is a really curious thing, which is that they cast him in the everyman role. Like he's the every dude. And he's clearly like former Olympic bodybuilder. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the everyman. What is he? A sofa salesman? He's, or like a, mattress, he's a mattress salesman mattress. named Howard Langston. Yeah. Howard Langston. And it's like, it's just one all of American. All American guy. salesman Howard Lang. And it's just like one of those things, like a bunch of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies kind of did this. And and it's like, we just, we're not going to explain this. It's just a thing. I love it. I love <laughs> it so much. You love, I, I like it too. See, I, now here's the thing. I think my first fandom experience is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. He, I'm, that is the first fan club I was a part of uh, growing up was, I was a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Um, but tell me, Matt, your first experience from watching this movie, young, what, 13 year old, I think I was Matt? 13. Uh, and it just combined all my favorite things. Like so it, turbo man, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Christmas. Well, here's the deal. Uh, Christmas. Okay. Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, obviously Yeah. parodies of action heroes and action figures. And just sort of like that part of culture. Do you like less action hero, by the way? Oh, I didn't when I was a kid, but I love it now. Right. I, I'm a big fan of that. Movie. Uh, and the ugly side of consumerism. Okay. Uh, and it, and it all turned together. This was the first time I'd watched a Christmas movie that had a tangible, mm -hmm. tangible message to it. Not like one that's like, be kind to your fellow man. Like those are all very theor, uh, not theoretical. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, um, they're, uh, like academic, I guess academic or, uh, or, um, uh, phil philosophical lessons. Okay. Almost this has a, has a, 
I don't know. It has a real good just handle on like, oh, by the way, this thing that started Christmas as uh, a time of, uh, you know, you know, Christ and, and all the sorts of things that go with the actual, you know, story of it. The Coca-Cola Corporation started this. We all know the We all know the truth. Right. <laughs> uh, but it is literally just annual gift giving day. Right. And this movie, while still like dancing around in Christmas magic, also gets a bit in the muck. Okay. And uh, I appreciated that. Even when I was younger, I knew that this, this had a little bit something else to say. Okay. Um, and I, and I really, I really bought into it. I think the supporting cast, I think Sinbad is great. Um, uh, I always forget how great Sinbad is and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he apparently improvised most of his own lines Yeah. <laughs> and, and Arnold apparently improvised a lot of the reactions. In fact, one thing, if I, this might be a minor criticism of it, but like you can actually tell when you watch it, uh, Arnold's improv lines because they don't sound like anything that Howard Langston would ever say. Like it's just like a total like like callback to whatever Sinbad said. Uh, is, it, is it because he's you can see him mouthing his like rehearsals yeah, on yeah, other, yeah. Any, every other day? Uh, Phil uh Phil Hartman? Phil Hartman. Oh MVP Phil Hartman. You might remember me from such shows as Jingle All the Way. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's a famed Simpsons actor who we lost too soon, uh Phil Hartman. Re- Rita played Wilson Troy, played Troy McClure. Uh I I hate saying this, but the wife of Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm, it's a terrible thing. To, it's yeah, not a terrible. It's a good thing to say, but I, I don't want to like say that that's all she's known for. No, uh, she plays our, uh, Howard's wife, Liz, in this. Uh, also, uh, you got to give it up to Jake Lloyd, uh, who the, I mischaracterized earlier on. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's in here. Uh, Anakin Skywalker himself. Uh, the origin story, even before Tatooine. Right. Uh, Jim Belushi is Jim, in this film as Santa, as a mall Santa. No, he's the real Santa. Yeah. He's the real uh, There's just, I just, I, I'm always forget like the actual, like there's some real good, funny people in this movie. Yeah. Um, and this movie wouldn't have actually come about you here had the planet of the apes film. The remake? The, the, not the newest one, but the Tim Burton. The, yeah. The one with had uh, been, Mark Wahlberg had been floating around forever. Okay. And Arnold was attached to it. Right. And then it just fell through before it like got retaken by Tim Burton, whatever. And uh, Chris Columbus, who produced this and was also and producing he wrote, that. He wrote Home Alone as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he t- he's like, well, Arnold, do you want to do this? And Arnold was psyched because it wasn't every man role. <laughs> he was psyched that he just got to do it. Right. Because he never, he'd, at that point, he hadn't gotten to really do it. Have you ever heard of pay or play deals for uh, actors? Yes. Yeah. So you should Arnold, d- define that though. Uh, Arnold was probably on a pay or play deal for uh for Planet of the Apes, and a pay or play deal is where you get paid regardless of whether the movie goes ahead, uh, because there's inherent uh, contractual value to have an actor attached to your film, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So here's the thing: when when uh, Planet of the Apes probably fell through, he probably received his twenty million dollar paycheck, and then uh, and then collected uh, went around go and collected another whatever it was for Jingle All the Way. Also twenty million dollars. That's was what it was rumored. it literally twenty it million. Was rumored. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Uh, this movie made I think it, the budget was sixty million. Yeah. Around that, it made about sixty one. Really? And domestically and then internationally it's made double that. Okay. Um so it's it's but it has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Um and I th- Why do you think that is? I think um I I'd wonder if there's any first of all I uh I don't think many Christmas films have great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I'd say The Nightmare Before Christmas would be Sure. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um And It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Uh but the I think it's because it's just seen as the dumb slapsticky holiday movie that Arnold did that one time. Okay. So tell me why it's not the dumb slapsticky movie. Because it's literally, uh, again, 
it doesn't lie about what Christmas is and has become and what you kind of have to do to fight to, if you want to bring it back to what it's meant to be. Isn't hmm. okay. And it's a wonderful life does that. There's no question. I'm, and, and this is the spiritual successor to it's a wonderful yeah, life. They were literally Frank Copper and then Brian Levant. Yep. <laughs> um, it, but like, if you think about it, it's kind of the same. It. It's kind of the same vein. So it's a wonderful life. Is about a man who's not sort of thankful for all the things he has, right? Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, you know, he learns through after, you know, he if he was never existed or whatever like that, how things would be different. And then he realizes that his life has purpose and and he tries to fix the things that were wrong. Still trying to connect that to Jingle All the Way. So Jingle All the Way is a story of a man who is not thankful of any of the stuff he has and turns is sort of not thankful. He knows he's a, you're, he's you're neglecting one he's neglecting his child. He doesn't remember the Christmas present he promised his wife he'd do. He's neglecting his wife, as illustrated by Ted snooping around, played by Phil Hartman. Um, is that is that? I don't think that's not being thankful. I think that's being neglectful, right? That's a different thing. It's the same shit. You're neglectful of things you're not thankful for. I I could I could swap uh, in in uh, in uh, it's a wonderful life that he's being neglectful about his life too. That that's semantics. No, it's not semantics. It's a different thing because in the, in this film. He is neglectful of his of of what his child wants. It's not that he's not thankful. Like he works hard and he and he's but trying. He, he's no, trying he consistently misses. No, he consistently misses all of his child stuff. This is all set up. He misses like li- like milestones in his yeah, kids' his karate life. class. Uh, yeah. So like it but that's sets not up. Being, he, he's trying to get there. He just gets held up by a cop. It's not like he wouldn't have made it. So what happens is he leaves the office late and you actually kind of get this is actually wonderful scene in it where he's uh, answering a bunch of it's like the holiday Christmas party at like his mattress store. And he's answering all these things like, oh, well, if the color's too dark for the fabric, we'll just send it back. Hey, because you're my number one customer. And you see this mini montage of him telling all these people you're my number one customer or you're my number one customer. Mm. Um, And then uh, Liz calls his wife about like, you better make it, Howard. And he's like, I'm going to make it. Don't worry. Hey, it's because you're my number one customer. He's like, ah, oh, no, Liz, I'm sorry. And like, again, they paint these movies as the characters. But like, isn't that an example of being neglectful? That's that's to me is like he's. Why he's, do you ne- why do you ne- why do you neglect something? Sure. Let's fine. Let's go do word games. Why do you neglect something? Because you've forgotten about it. You why do you forget about stuff? Because you're you don't. Why care do you forget about, about it? stuff? But not being thankful is a different thing. Not caring and not being thankful are two different things. They are two different. Just things Just define me. the differences. Okay, so uh, not being thankful for like owning a bonsai tree is not the same as not caring for a bonsai tree. You know what I mean? No, what bonsai tree? Because because if you be, if you can you use a less weird example? No, because if you're neglectful of a bonsai tree, it'll die. It requires care. It requires yeah, time. as your family life will die if you neglect it. But that's different. To and being, you don't to not being thankful for it. That's a, that's a different thing. How do you treat things you're thankful for? You take time with them. Yeah. You, you would you say you don't neglect them? <laughs> it's but okay. It's, but being thankful. You're being super semantical. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think you're missing what the what the problem in his life is. And I and to me, one of the things about this movie is I think this movie kind of misses the the boat here. Is that is that he is not spending enough time with Jake, and he misinterprets. Now Jake really wants this toy. Now what he should be doing is spending time with Jake and maybe going to get the toy. With and that's Jake. what he learns by the end. But he but that that's what the movie spoiler misses. alert. He, he spends the whole <laughs> movie not with Jake, and I'm like, oh. yeah. And he learns his lesson at the end. Oh my God. Did a character in a silly Christmas comedy learn a thing? No one's ever done that before. Like that's what happens in Christmas movies. I just, I I just like the, the, the notion, like the thing about consumerism in this film 
to me. Now again, it's not a it's not a, it's not a bad movie. I you know like if if you I, I love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation unabashedly. I don't think that's a great 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 movie, but I love it. Um, that's I, a weird that's a weird <laughs> sentence you just said. You Wait. think you think it's a you, you don't think it's a great 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 movie, but you love it. Love is something you'd reserve for something that like you hold in a high esteem, but no, but it's no, not a great no, great no, great, you great movie. You don't have to hold something in a high esteem to love it. You can holy shit. Are you a broken human being? What, what are you talking about? I I don't hold National Lampoon's Christmas but Vacation. But you love I, it. But I love it. Yeah. But I don't hold it in high esteem. I wouldn't put it up here against uh, another film that I think is worthy of. You high can esteem. love something that you don't hold in high esteem. Yeah. Why can't you do that? Because why 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 can you not do that? Because love is something that I mean, love is, is a whole bunch of things, I guess. But like, I'm really trying to like, wrap my I head around. I love I, lo I love. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken milkshakes. I don't hold them in high esteem. But why do you love them? Because they they make me feel good at certain shitty times in my life. And and you don't think that holds a value that no, causes you to love it? No, I don't hold it in high esteem. I don't think a Kentucky Fried. But then again, you know what? Though <laughs> honestly, I would argue that you don't love that. Oh. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no, I don't get what you're saying, and, and I think I know why you're. Uh, hung up on that is because I because I think there's a difference between being neglectful and being thankful. Um, but, the, but there are two definitions. The two wor definitions of the words are different. However, <laughs> the reason you are neglectful of a thing, one of the reasons is because you are not thankful for it. If you were thankful for the thing, but is that you would not believe you, were, you would not neglect it. If, if that is is that the you're you're suggesting absolute causation here, and is that exclusively the reason you would be neglectful of something? What if you would just happen to have a lot on your mind? What if you then just, you're not holding the thing that you apparently find important or are thankful for in high enough esteem to actually love it and take care of it. Right. So the reason I don't get a Kentucky Fried Chicken milkshake every day is because I don't truly love it. That's right, folks. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Milkshakes, which apparently are a thing, uh, also uh, are the exact same correlation to taking care of your family. So no, that, that's, a, that's a leap that you're taking. To try <laughs> oh, and make yes, I'm leaping. It's yeah, the Christmas you're, miracle you're, that I'm leaping. You're leaping on this one. Either yeah. way, either way, we could go back and forth about We're this. Gonna. All, We're gonna. Let's, we, let's, well, let's Let's move down the movie and keep going back to okay. it. Um, so, uh, well, actually, before we even do that, uh, other than sort of what, what you said, you even you you kind of thought this movie was okay. What did you say? You didn't. I, I don't love or hate this movie. It was just a movie. It was just a movie. I, I think um, I can see the appeal uh, if you watch this movie every year, like I do with National Lampoons. It's like I got you. It's that kind the ritual of, of it. Yeah, it's the ritual of the movie um, that can be kind of fun and entertaining. I, I guess you know because I'm watching it at the age of 38 now, yeah. so I'm watching it a little bit older. What are you like, talking about? You didn't, yeah. The magic didn't hit you. So the magic doesn't hit me a lot. I think the <laughs> I think the the to me it feels like a bunch of set pieces put you know put together, oh, which is what it, National Lampoon's. It has like. the pacing of a high end sitcom. Yeah, it's you know <laughs> like a nineties high yeah, end. Yeah, and it gets and it gets more and more ridiculous as it goes on. It gets it even gets into Looney Tunes cartoon at 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 oh uh, yeah you know by the time a bomb explodes. And Anytime there's violence, it goes into cartoon yeah, mode. Yeah, it goes into cartoon mode, which, which I'm is, okay with because it I'm, does that consistently. I'm okay with that as well. I think again, National Lampoon's does that as well. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, I, I found that the, um, that the Christmas messaging of this film was a little, a little, a little light, a little, a little, I don't think it quite got over the, the, I think Jake, the, the kid kind of abandons Darth the Vader. toy, abandons the toy, but I'm not sure 
But but I guess it's because his dad, he teaches he teaches his dad a lesson. He teaches his dad a lesson. But I think you know the thing that that kid needs is to have have his dad. Spend and now time he with will him. at the end of the movie. Now and, no Arnold's a shitty father. Yeah, he, he's it, a it, shitty father in this entire movie. That but and I don't think I don't think he's called out on the thing that he's actually doing, which is not spending time with this kid. He's 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 replacing he he's, he's called materi- out. he's replacing time and and shared experiences with materialism until the third act i i and the thing is is i think that is very true people do that people you know give gifts in lieu of of actually spending time and societally uh the crazes of like mighty morphin power rangers tickle me elmo all tickle me elmo happened the same year this movie came out i think and wasn't this this movie was based on a the the cabbage patch doll and cabbage patch and power rangers were the two inspirations yeah yeah so that 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 makes sense to me um i i guess you know i found the jokes um you know, neither here nor there. there. I guess you know, like you watch them in the right context, and and they'll be funny. If you if you watch them in a group, they'll be funny. I I do enjoy you know put the cookie down. I like uh, Phil Hartman in this movie reminds me so much of the neighbor from Mr. Mom that we watched the other day. Where he's like <laughs> he's just this lecherous, yeah. you know, like I gotta get it. I uh, got just the tool for the job. Yeah, he is so unnervingly creepy, and and then like and and what I love that he he does is he lets the facade down the minute the uh, Rita Wilson isn't in the room. You know, like as soon as he leaves the room, he's like, shut up kids. Yeah. Uh, I love that. The, 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 the drunk um, reindeer thing is, is a thing. Yeah, it's um, fine. Not my favorite part. Not my favorite part. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, uh, I dug Sinbad's craziness. I think there's like a, a funny commentary about the postal service, you know, like the postal, well, wasn't there a postal service shooting where postal, where yeah, that's where post- the term going postal, yeah, going from. postal comes from, and and I think this movie is playing on that. Hopefully, if this movie came out after that, I think that is kind of loosely playing on it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a movie. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's uh, their characters work well against each other because it's sort of blue collar versus white collar. Um, I guess I don't understand why. And this is so minor. This is such a like you know because this is what the film needs to do in order to work up. Is I don't see why these two characters become antagonists um, in the film when they could literally just be like, you know, like, like there's a moment at which they start sabotaging each other, but it's for no apparent reason, you know, whereas, you know, because we haven't established that there are, um, there's only one toy. Well, we and, have, and, we've established scarcity. Right. And then the first time is the first mall that, that Sinbad and, and actually Sinbad helps Arnold, uh, Myron helps yeah. Howard yeah. Um, uh, get in line because like, hey, he's just a he's just a dad trying to get a toy for his kid. Yeah, yeah. And then then it's funny because Myron is it's actually Arnold who like who like is kind of a dick. He sabotages him first by but, like running him over with the RC car, right? Uh, they both they all sort of like go in, yeah. Says I forget what it is. Uh, but the but the interesting part is. Sinbad Myron wants to work with him and be and and Arnold doesn't want anything for him and it take and it's funny because I've been in not like in a situation where you first meet someone that's socially awkward and you're like ah oh, I don't want to be in yeah. this conversation like yeah. whatever and you try to be friendly enough and then you sort of like kind of move on I can relate to that feeling right uh but then they sort of start I think Arnold does start it 
Uh, and then they start being more increasingly violent toward one another. And they like, they have a secondary thing with like, um, he disappears, uh, after the first encounter, they meet up at a, at a diner yeah. at the end. And they're like, they have this, like that. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie when they're sitting and Sinbad's talking about his childhood, yeah, why yeah. it's important. He gets his kid, this toy, yeah, yeah. uh, because he didn't get the toy he wanted. And he wants to prove he's a good father and all this stuff. It reminds me very much of a scene from Ron Howard's movie, Parenthood. Oh yeah. About, uh, you know, like the importance of being there as a dad. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, and, and Arnold had just gotten off the phone and kind of blew up at Jamie, his son played by Darth Vader, right. um, who, uh, who's like, you're never, you don't listen. You're never here. You're doing you know, it. It makes him feel like shit. And he right. sits down. So like, uh, rather than going home and spending time with him, though, I know, I know. Goes, well, then he, well, see, then he goes home. Oh, there's, then there's a bit with the radio station where yeah. they think they get one. And like, yeah. there's, there's a bunch of, well, we're skipping over a bunch of stuff, but there's a bunch of what I would consider fun set pieces to try to get these these Turbo Man action figures available because Arnold lied to his wife and said, oh, yes, I got one. And right. then he didn't. So they go to a couple malls. The mall's out of them. They have plenty of uh, Turbo Man's faithful sidekick, Booster. Right. No one likes you, Booster. Booster is a giant pink saber tooth tiger. Wasn't he played by the tiger. guy from uh, Revenge of the Nerds? In the, in the parade, yeah, he's yeah, played yeah. by him. Yeah. Uh, and King of the Nerds, which I made it to the <laughs> the the finals of the uh, almost onto season two of, uh, but I never made it. Oh, I'm not nervous. Dirty enough. There you go. Um, so, uh, so there's that, then there's this whole bit in a set in the mall of America where they don't have enough toys. So they're giving, uh, raffle balls, which they do at these certain, certain things with, have, a, with a, with a suitable markup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, the price for each doll has just tripled. <laughs> Pray it won't triple again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then that goes, uh, awry and Arnold's chasing a ball through the entire, uh, mall. Then he meets a mall Santa who, uh, has a secret underground workshop of Santa's all making about uh, knockoff toys. He tries to pay 300 bucks to get a knockoff one. That's like the Spanish version. That's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he, the cops come and raid it. And he gets away with the Arnold gets away with the fake badge. Then he runs into Myron at the diner, yeah. which is where the scene we just discussed. And then there's one more scene of like, uh, they, they hear that the a radio station has one and they have to answer who, what's the name of Santa's eight Ranger. And it's should dance the Prince of Vixen comic Cupid Donna blitz. And I got it. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. Bye. <laughs> like that's the, okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Right. Arnold's having fun here. Right. Uh, Arnold. Yeah. I don't think I've seen an Arnold movie where he's had the same amount of consistent fun. Right. <laughs> like but, t- uh, it wasn't twi- twins was a little more serious. I yeah. Say. Um, so then, uh, that turns out to be a gift certificate and they have to get away because Myron pulls up a, a mail bomb or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes home empty handed. And that's when he confronts Ted, uh, and, and all that jazz. And, uh, and so then he, cause Ted's being a dick and putting like the star in his tree and basically trying to hit his wife. Uh, he <laughs> goes and Arnold, this is, this is the interesting part. This is where Arnold what gets the lowest, uh, okay. is when he goes into Phil Hartman, Ted's house yeah. to steal, uh, a turbo man doll. He knows that Ted had gotten his kid, yeah. had gotten his own kid yeah, yeah. and then he's about to steal it. And he realizes like, what am I doing? I'm stealing from fucking kid. Like this has gone too far. Yeah. And then there's the weird side thing with Ted has a reindeer for, yeah. for some random reason. He's trying to like free him and let him and go there's a upstairs fire in the house and the fire in the house. And they kick, get zany. Yeah. They get zany. Very cartoon violence. Then Arnold drink a pest to punch out the reindeer, but then he like gives him a beer. So it's fine. Uh, then Ted takes the uh, takes Liz and Jamie and Ted's son to the parade. Right. 
Uh, and then Arnold decides, no, no, this is stupid. I just want to go be with my family. And he goes to the parade. <laughs> and the reason why I think that doesn't hit for you and a lot of people she hear is because that's a very quick moment and it's instantly subjugated by him getting bidding whirlwind it up. There's also a cop that the cop that pulls him over in the beginning, he keeps running into comically and fucking up and he has to keep getting in trouble from this cop. Yeah. So as he's trying to, he sees uh, Phil Hartman make a move on, on his wife from a long distance away in a car and he gets mad and he storms through and he knocks uh, hot coffee uh, all over the cop that's been sort of his foil the entire time. Right. And so he has to run. Right. He runs back. Because that's what you do. Yeah. You he, run from the, just keep it here, guys. If you're, if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you run from, you the, run from the cops. Yeah. Because uh, your legs are so strong. Uh, and he gets backstage of this parade. And then there's this really funny scene of like people backstage getting uh, him ready because he's in the dark. He's like, oh, you must be the replacement. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, don't worry, Terry. They think Terry's going to walk again. I think it'll be fine. And he's like, what? And he, then they put the Turbo Man suit on him and instantly he's in the parade. Right. Um, and then it, from this point, it's all. All silliness and then like uh Myron From at this point it's silliness it's, it, the, the <laughs> silliness is ratcheted up okay uh Myron becomes Dementor which is Turbo Man's like nemesis like right. he ties up the other one from the parade and they yeah. have like a battle there's a jet pack he kidnaps Jamie off a roof it goes balls to the walls bonkers but to the end of it there's a special edition Turbo Man doll and the, the Turbo Man uh on the float being Arnold Schwarzenegger at the time uh has to point to a kid and like pick the one lucky kid to get it in the thing and he's like Jamie uh and he picks Jamie Jamie runs up and gets it and that's when uh dementor aka myron aka sinbad uh tries to kidnap him and gets him in trouble whatever and, and there's a jetpack um but then <laughs> at the end myron is being taken away by the police and jamie stops him and gives him the turbo man doll and because he wants him to have it for his son's thing and he's like why do i need uh it, 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 he arnold before this point has apologized and said he won't leave him alone anymore and he realizes he's a fucking dick not in those words because it's a child and then uh he's like uh myron's like well, why you want to give this to me he's like well i want your son to have this and why and i don't need the the turbo man doll like i have the real turbo man at home and then it's sort of like this healing moment for the family mm -hmm. and uh until until Liz asks what she got if he cares so much about what <laughs> she got him, uh, Jamie. We can't wait to see what he got her, and then it's the same look of confusion. Oh, as a last minute joke. <laughs> um, they should have made Jingle All the Way to Boxing Day. Uh, they, they did. They with made one with fucking Larry the Cable Guy. WWE Films made Jingle <laughs> All the Way too. There you go. I I would, uh, so the thing that I thought was really interesting watching this was that you know like again when I watch older. Films like that, I, I I sort of like like to look at them as time capsules and, and like what do they represent at the time. Sure. And I think the thing that struck out to me wasn't the consumerism angle of it, but it was this sort of blue collar versus white collar yeah. office worker kind of, you know, like, and there's this, there's this sort of this tension between the classes here, you know, and I think, you know, uh, Sinbad is clearly like a, uh, a, a white, a a blue collar kind yeah. of guy. Um, Arnold is a self-made entrepreneur, kind of a white collar guy. And there's this sort of like, I was curious about like the extent to which Arnold was willing to pay money to get the doll where, mm -hmm. which I, which I, I didn't think was something Sinbad could do. So right. it was kind of this case where it was like, Oh, it's $300. I can, you know, I can buy myself out of the situation where Sinbad actually has to go through the process. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then I was, I there was, as I was, it was actually, as you were kind of telling the story of the film, I was kind of wondering again, you know, don't want to do that thing, which is like review the film you saw, not the film you want to see, but what, but you're going to do it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> 
but I, but I, I just, I wonder what the dynamics would have of this film would have been, and the richness of this film would have been, if if the person he was competing to get the Toberman doll with was Phil Hartman and not Sinbad, because then it would be about the usurper and the person who, you know, like they're they're actually they're both fighting for. They're they're almost fighting for the same, not quite the same well, thing. They have the they, same tool set. They have the same tool set, but they're also like kind of going, um, like because Phil Hartman's character has eye designs on on Arnold's wife. You know, he's kind of like he's trying to vie for the affection of that family as well. Um, and I think I think it, that would have been a sloppier film if I, you're combining those characters. I agree. I agree with like, oh, that's an interesting take to see if they were on same economic footing. Yeah. Um, but, I don't, but I also think that 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 Phil Hartman gets to plays a foil to to Arnold in this film, but they never actually like have a moment together. You know, they never really confront each other. And, and I, and I was kind of like, Oh, I, I just, I wonder what it would have done to the dynamics of the film. If you kind of switched Sinbad out for Phil Hartman and, and kind of played mm. Sinbad scenes with Phil Hartman scene. I mean, it would be an interesting thing. I, I think that I like the way they, they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sinbad plays very well against Arnold. Yeah. Or, or uh, if you made Sinbad the next door neighbor, you know, like equally, it's the same thing. It's just, it's basically just combining those two characters. Sure. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't, I, what I'm saying is I don't think combining those two characters would make it a better film. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a flip flop. I guess the thing I guess the thing that I'm sort of asking the question about is I didn't feel a richness of depth to this film as much as I just kind of saw it as a series of sit pieces. Well, I saw it as a, as a as a I mean, yes, every once in a while you get like a truly deep Christmas movie and this one I feel like is deep on the level of what Christmas has not necessarily about but what it has become. Right. And uh you don't get to see very rarely I mean, I can't think of another Christmas movie that calls out like other than like in a throwaway line, the blatant consumerism that the holiday season has has become hmm. uh, and, I, and by and trying to buy your way out of problems and, and like calling calling basically kind of calling all of us out on our bullshit about like how many of us just go on Amazon and like, you know, just do whatever. Like, oh, thank God our Christmas shopping's over, you know, like and I'm sure everyone has like a couple people that they really you know, do care about, but then like there's the obligatoriness and then there's just, does you have to spend, spend, spend? And you have to, you know, there's, there's a social contract that you're going to do this. Right. Um, and, and this film, I think, I think brings that to it for, for a, for a silly family Christmas comedy. It brings that to the forefront while still being an enjoyable, like slapsticky adventure film. Right. Um, and so that, that to me always stuck with me because it had a little bit more of a message. I'm more, I mean, you know me, I'm not, I, I'm not religious. I don't buy into the the religious aspect of the holiday right. at all, and I think that's a reason why this sort of spoke to me. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a redemption arc that has nothing to do with like a higher the power. Christmas, yeah, the it, Christmas it, spirit. It has to do with sort of like the spirit of of you being good to your family, or if right. you're not, and how you come to realize that you need to be. Right. And uh, look, if it took Arnold having to strap <laughs> on a fake superhero suit and a real jetpack and fly uh, and uh, dodge buildings and catch his son from a mailman dressed up as a supervillain who threw him off a roof, yeah, I- I'll take it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I just think this movie's super fun. And uh, if you haven't seen it right at this point, I mean, we kind of, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's, it's Christmas Day. Yeah. Are we releasing this episode on Christmas Day? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, it's Christmas Day. You should be with your family. Uh, and if you couldn't afford to buy them presents, what you could do is uh, buy the, well, at this day, it's probably too late to run out and buy the, the, the DVD of this movie. Maybe you could find it at the Target. Like You can find, get this. For, I have the Blu-ray. I think I paid $5 for right, it. Right, there you go. There's an actually an extended cut on the uh, blu-ray so tell me what's different in the extended uh there's a musical number in the santa fight scene in this oh really yeah uh, what's the, how does that work it's like they, they start Belushi singing start? They, like they all start singing during oh, it yeah yo. it's weird uh yo. there's an extended scene of arnold chasing the woman who he thinks has the turbo man doll from the first mall there's a couple other oh, and i think she's played by uh the woman who plays uh, high pitch voice yeah uh, simpsons she plays uh lisa lisa yeah uh, i forget her name. um but uh, Smith. Yeah, there's a couple other scenes, but I will say it it is not better. Uh, <laughs> the scenes they cut out were cut out for a reason. So unless you I'm were curious a, about the uh, the 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 musical moment, it's not great. <laughs> it's it's silly and weird, and, and it feels out of place. Uh, so I think the original theatrical cut is the way to go. What's um, your favorite Arnold movie, by the way? Is this it? Is this your favorite Arnold movie? Oh, it can't be. Can it? Can it? I mean, no, like, Terminator 2. Terminator of, course, 2. of course, Terminator 2. Oh, other than Terminator 2? Other than Terminator 2. I'm curious. Oh, God, is it? It is might it? be. Jack Slater from uh, Last Action Hero? Last Action Hero is so smart, and I yeah. really like it, but yeah, I, it doesn't have the same. Like, this is the thing. <laughs> I get a visceral reaction in my heart when you mention Terminator 2 or Jingle All the Way. Right. <laughs> so I think this might be my second favorite Arnold movie, and that's a silly thing to say. You're right though. I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his, um, at, at, at his, at his, uh, his body of work. And this might be the one film where he played the everyman. Yeah. Like in junior, he's a, he's a scientist in twins. He's an exceptional hero. Terminator. He's a machine last action hero. He's the last action hero. Yeah. Collateral damage. He's a, you know, um, a, a spy true lies. He's a spy. Phil Hartman says a great line in this to him, which is kind of a bit of a meta thing, kind of calling him out again. He goes, you can't bench press your way out of this one. Right. There you go. And, uh, it's like, it's, it's an interesting sort of twist on Arnold and you get to see him just as more of a human and not this like <laughs> Adonis in a weird way that he was always. And so that was a nice glimpse into like, I do think the lines where he's being a little more slapstick and oh, poor baby, like that sort of stuff. Like, I feel like that's but for all, uh, you know, for the, all the oddness of, of Arnold as a persona in American cinema, yeah. I think that's the, that's the dichotomy that's kind of, you know, strange at times. He is, he has got impeccable comedic timing. Yeah. He is, he is impeccable. He's an impressive physical comedian. Um, he's also obviously a great action yeah. star in his own right as well. Um, but he's, and he's just, I used to idolize this man. I still do. Um, you know, back cause I used to, you know, read all his bodybuilding books and, and that kind of thing as well. This is like, when you were training to be the black power. Ranger? When I was, well, when I was training to be the next, the Brown Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Of course. Yeah, um, um, you know, he just, he see, and like, if again, if you're following him on Reddit recently, he's just the coolest guy on Reddit possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, he's just, he's a guy you want to be around, yeah. you know, like, and I think that's what makes him work on screen. I, I don't know exactly. Cause there's, you could argue there's never been anyone quite like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movies. No. And I don't think there ever will be anyone quite like him. Yeah. You know, like he is, he is literally one in a million. There is no, 
You know, there's nobody else like him. And I think because his persona is so much larger than life and so like, yeah. you know, all, all those things you just mentioned, I think I revel in the fact that seeing him as everyday white collar worker and or owner of a mattress a discount mattress store, store yeah. Howard Langston. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think that's a bit of a turn on the head for him, even though this movie, I doubt this movie was not like going, setting out to sort of break barriers or anything like no, that. No, I felt, I felt like what happened was the, they, they cast someone as Howard Langston and then Arnold Schwarzenegger became yeah. interested and they were like, well, let's not write it. Let's yeah. just do it. Uh, Joe Pesci was supposed to be Myron. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but then they want they uh, fought uh, for some I was just going to quote Lethal Weapon uh, 2, but I'm not going to because there's too much swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, my final thought, I think it's pretty I think it's pretty blatant. Uh, I love this movie. I will continue to watch it every Christmas Eve. I watched it for this podcast. I will still watch it on oh, Christmas wow. Eve. So you're going to do it once, it once in the... That's twice in two weeks. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, so I will still, well, when this has come out, I just know dear listeners, I had just watched it last night. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think there's, I, I really appreciate uh, that it, that it's honest about the season and the lessons that are learned are based around that honesty. And I think in its own way, that is the realest uh, 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 way to portray what I would consider Christmas magic. Uh, it's the spirit. It's the season for giving. Yeah. Turbo man's. <laughs> hey, and, uh, listen, or receiving. Uh, I am. Uh, I understand the love you have for this film. Uh, I certainly see that, that, that this is a film you love very dearly. I think coming to it slightly later in life. Oh, it's got to be hard. Is, it means that, you know, it just doesn't do it for me but i i i also appreciate that the thing the, the we i think the thing is we all have that christmas movie we all sure. have a christmas movie that we love that we adore that 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 we have an irrational love of and i'm not saying your love is irrational i'm just saying that we have you know we, we it is the it is the ritual by which we define our christmas tradition and the thing i guess i'm curious about is is what, you know, now that I have a son, what will be our Christmas tradition? And, and you know, what will be the movie? I've, I've recently introduced my kid to movies for the first time. Um, this is blowing his mind. It is. He, lo he does love it. And didn't uh, show him a screen for like nearly two years or something. No, didn't show him. Yeah. Didn't have screens for two years. And we, and we, we basically ration it out now. So he's like a little, little crack he's addict. A little <laughs> addict. <laughs> he's a little addict. He's like, can we watch a movie? Um, he, he literally walks up and goes, can we watch a movie? And like, and you're I, like you don't know what daddy does yeah i know here's the funny thing i've tried to show because because we only show him like six minute movies like little shorts sure and i've tried to show him one of like one of my shorts and he's like turn it off and he's like put, yes. it, put it away i don't want to see that and then That's this so is the hilarious funny part. one day when he was trying to get me to watch a movie he said let's watch one of your movies dad and i was like you're clearly trying to bribe me right now he's yeah. trying he's just trying to get the kid's smart he's he's way too smart uh and but, an impeccable dresser he's very well dressed um will this be the movie for him i wonder i you know what i think it is i think around the age of jake lloyd's character maybe a little bit older this movie will really make sense this will be you know, because then he'll he'll see his dad or, you know, yeah. a dad being an action hero trying to get the things that he loves. Um, I hope that's the case. I, I think the only weird thing is this movie fell into an odd time in the 90s where G.I. Joe, Power Ranger, like all, all those sort of things. Basically, basically, uh, IPs created to sell toys. Yeah. Were the soup du jour. Yeah. And I don't think. That's really a hundred percent the case. Like it, it, I don't know if it'll resonate to people outside of that sort of we, that that wheelhouse. Because when he's that age, 
I doubt it's going to be like action figure. Like there's not going to be like the version of the Ninja Turtles or like something like that. It's right. going to be something else. I, I would just say this. There's a, uh, there's a Reddit thread. Again, we, we just pretty much live on Reddit. We uh, should get our own subreddit. Yeah, there'll be there will be the only subreddit about about movies about the only podcast about yeah, movies. Yeah, I think that's there's great. A great. Rolls off the tongue. There's a there's a great subreddit that I love called High Quality Gifts. Oh, or, it's great! It's, it's and so there, good. There was a brilliant one last night about uh, where they took the scene from A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, and basically. Uh, Tom Cruise is a little kid talking to his dad on Christmas and Jack Nicholson is the dad. And he's like, so you're telling me Santa sees me, you know, checks a list twice and, and knows everything I'm doing. And, and Jack Nicholson's like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, so why would I need to write him a litter? And like Jack Nicholson flies off the handle and is like, you can't handle the truth. I am Santa. I, I just, I think that gif, 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 what is it? It's gif. Yeah. Write us in. Um, encapsulates the thing about this film, which is that every dad has to play the role of Santa for their kids, knowing very well that Santa doesn't exist. Sure. But has to continue them to keep the magic. And I, and I wonder if, if, if that's, if that's a meta commentary on what watching your favorite Christmas movie is, it's knowing that, 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 that Santa doesn't exist, but, but, but this is your Christmas. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I get it. No, no, I, I was reaching for that, but I'm, I'm just going to go. With I, that. Mean, I, I, I get it. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's a roundabout way of saying you're putting some belief in something that, uh, otherwise we might not get the benefit of your day. It's Snoopy's Christmas on this day. You can put aside your pessimism and just watch with optimism. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been the only podcast about jingle all the way. Uh, I hope we both put away our, our, our differences here and we, we Let's came see. together at the am end. Am I the Baron or you or my Snoopy? I think I'm the Baron. You're the yeah, Baron. I'm, I'm the Baron. I you're wish Snoopy. I was the Baron, but yeah. I'll be Snoopy. You're Snoopy in this uh, When you are not trying to shoot down my red doghouse, <laughs> where can folks find you? You can find me firing at you with all cylinders firing, I guess, and uh, wow. <laughs> on my website, www.shahirdowd, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. I almost forgot how to spell my name. That's amazing. <laughs> um, .com, where you'll find all my life and works. Matt, when you are settling in for a cup of hot cocoa, warming your toes by the fire, and curling up with your favorite blanket to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger as Turbo Man, people will probably find you at home. But otherwise, right. where would they find you? Uh, <laughs> but in either of those situations, uh, you can find me at matthewkroll.com, M-A-T-T-E-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. Uh, you can also find me at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Also, we're still continuing our friendship watch thing, our little tie-in with James Portnow of Extra Credits. Uh, we're playing Overwatch uh, streaming live Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We did our first one last week. It was super fun. Thank you for everyone who tuned into that um and uh yeah what, what's your what's your christmas wish for the new year oh what do is that is what do you do it in new, do you new i guess year? i do new year uh what's what's your wish for all mankind and womankind uh person kind i want um i want i want logic to to mean something again. What the rapper logic? Yeah, the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, you, you, you got it. Quite understand. You got it works. right. hundred percent. I think we should go out with a logic song now. For we're not gonna. <laughs> we, we should do that song. Uh, the phone number. We should go out with a logic song. <laughs> we're doing it. Uh, is that what you want? You want uh, logic to make sense again? Yes. What does that mean? 
That means I need I need people to stop being dummies and start making sense and 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 like think. if they're presented with information like a movie ticket which tells them that this is not their seat. Yeah, you want them to like to be like, like, oh shit, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize. Here, have your seat. Where, where's the entertainment in that? Uh, I could have watched. I, we could have started this podcast earlier yeah. instead of waiting 20 minutes for a dumb screaming match. That's true. That's true. what about you? I don't know. I um I ooh, ooh, now you put me on the spot. I don't know. I I I want you know, remembering the Star Wars thing, I want movies that are actually worth your time to be the focal point of all conversations. All conversations? All conversations. That sounds an awful lot like a like a communist state. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's what I want. Okay. So I want <laughs> In logic Soviet Russia and you want communism. <laughs> movies watch you. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a lovely holiday season. I hope we get to live in the uh utopia or dystopia that we just <laughs> uh we just described. Uh Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, uh Merry Kwanzaa, and anything um uh, is there a Satan holiday around this time? Probably not. Uh, there's the there's the not the Antichrist, but the the what, what the Wiccan? I mean, there's well, there's those are two very different things. Yeah, but there's true. there's the solstices, like being thankful and neglectful, and all that two stuff. Of course, uh, no, not <laughs> quite. Uh, but they they go hand in hand, and like hand in hand, it is the season. Uh, and we're gonna go with Christmas song. I'm sorry. I don't oh, let's go do with the logic, logic no, song. No, it, logic. if you find me a logic Christmas song, I'll do that. But <laughs> you, you, good luck, uh, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a lovely time with your family and those who uh, you care about. Please uh, enjoy the day. And uh, wow, you know what? And if you're listening to us on Christmas Day, thank you for letting us be a part of your yeah, ritual. That's true. That's uh, really special. And I, I actually am getting a little bit uh, emotional about that right now. Uh, anyway, we'll see you next week for uh, a couple of billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, perhaps. We'll see you next week. Bye. For the most wonderful time